I'm now joined by Paul Reed of Invesco Perpetual, co-manager of our corporate bond fund. Paul, thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. Now, when we last spoke to you on these recordings about 18 months ago, there was an increasing amount of media speculation about the prospect of a bond bubble. Do you think in the current market there's any rationality at this stage? I think it's a it's a very interesting market that we have at the moment. What's happened in the last 18 months is uh, that there's been some divergence in the underlying government bond markets off which everything prices. So Europe has seen relatively weak economic data and very, very low inflation. And its government bonds have continued to fall in yield to levels which probably you would certainly hope don't make sense for the long term. In fact, in Europe, you have six government bond markets now where part of the yield curve is actually negative. And these are multi-generational lows. Multi-century lows in, in some cases. I think in aggregate, there's something like 650 billion euros of government bond paper in Europe, which has a negative yield. So that you would have to say, if nothing else, you don't want to be investing there. In the Anglo-Saxon bond markets, particularly the UK and, and the US, there's, I would say there's a bit more rationality. So both those bond markets are considerably off their lows in yield. It's fair to say that we're still in the beginning stages in the US and the UK of the potential for, for tightening of monetary policy. So you would probably expect government yields to edge up a bit more. But I wouldn't classify them as being in a bubble, not really. So I want to go on to talk about yeah. when interest rates go up. But but clearly, we're, we're now coming towards the end of tapering in the United States. If you would sort of wind the clock back to when we last recorded together, and particularly having gone through the so-called taper tantrum last summer, would you have expected us to be in the position today, given what you knew 18 months ago? I think that if I'm honest about it, I, like most bond market commentators, would have expected, given what I knew then, that yields today would probably have, would be higher, a little bit higher. We have had very, very low inflation almost everywhere. And we have had good but possibly slightly disappointing economic data in a lot of places. And the weather did play havoc with the yeah. U.S. numbers. So I think that I would have expected yields to be a, a bit higher. There has been some correction in yields over the last six weeks or so, which is getting us back to something a little bit more reasonable. And it has definitely been the pain trade for people to have been caught sort of short duration this year. It doesn't really have that much significance for the fund we run because it's a lower duration, more heavily credit type of investment vehicle. But it's, I would have thought rates would be, and government bond yields would be a bit higher. So when, when we do see rate rises in the UK and the US, the implication of that is that there isn't necessarily going to be an impact on the fund. Is that correct? Well, I, I'd rather phrase it as that the impact on the fund of modest increases in official rates will be muted. And if you're going to be invested in a fixed income vehicle with rates rising, this is going to be relatively defensive. If we start to find that we have, which is not my prediction at the moment, an inflation risk out there and government bond yields are going much higher, there isn't going to be that many. There aren't going to be that many safe places in the fixed income world if that happens. But that's not my base case. It, my base case is is more about 
we are in a low-yield environment. While there is some discounting of an increase in base rates and, and Fed funds over the next few years, it's, it's still relatively modest, certainly in any kind of historical context. And there already is some steepness to the yield curve. So I think it's not a great background for fixed income, but it relatively muted, I think, for the fund that we manage. So I wanted to go on to talk about how you're putting our clients' money to work in, in, in terms of new ideas. Now, I'm conscious that cash levels have been probably higher than they've been historically, but, but yet there were some interesting new ideas coming through. You and I were talking about a new issue in a company called Iron Mountain, for example. Perhaps you could start by giving us the sort of broader perspective on the, the new opportunity set and then maybe go on to talk about Iron Mountain. Oh, sure. Well, we have been running, and not just for the SJP portfolio, but across all the portfolios that we manage, quite high levels of cash. And that reflects our view that there are a lot of deals out there that we just don't want to buy. Spreads have come in, yields have come down. There is a massive demand f for income nonetheless, which is a background that will create mispricing, I think. And at the moment, it's probably skewing the mispricing towards the benefit of the corporation, not the benefit of the investor. So companies are getting money very cheaply. What we are trying to do in the portfolios is take our time and wait for opportunities that we feel comfortable with and we like that will provide attractive or relatively attractive levels of income for the investor over the medium term. Iron Mountain is one of those. We've we've always had some Iron Mountain in the portfolio. And, sorry, Paul. Um, Iron Mountain is a name that no, won't necessarily be familiar yeah, to all sorry, you. Yeah, sorry. Of course. Well, you may have seen their trucks driving around yeah. because they are a, a massive data storage business. And it's a strong business listed company. They have grown revenues year after year. And in this compliance-intensive world that we all know about, everyone is storing more and more data and more and more paper is getting shipped off to an Iron Mountain warehouse. So it's, it's the right kind of business to put some leverage on. And it's been a, a important part of high yield markets for a long time. We've owned the name in the fund, but have struggled to, to pick up much paper in the secondary market. But recently, there has been a, a new issue in Sterling with a I think it's a six and one eighth coupon, which we thought, well, that that's starting to make some sense against the market, which is often pricing pricing credits in the threes, fours, and fives. This is reasonable pricing. In part, I think that reflects the fact that we've had some correction in markets since sort of July, and that's given us a few opportunities to reduce the cash a bit and, and buy some of the things that we've been waiting to buy. I don't want to sound too bullish, but there are opportunities here and there, and Iron Mountain was one of them. Unfortunately, Paul, that's all we've got time for today. It's been a fascinating, as ever, speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.